1: Welcome back to another episode of Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. If you'd like to hear more information about what you hear during our show today, for callers in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva number is 262 729 4128. For callers in Illinois, our McHenry office number is 815 331 8096. And feel free to visit us on our website, www.kramerinvestmentservices.com, spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. And while on our website, you can view the past couple of podcast shows by clicking on both the media library and radio tabs. Subscribers to Apple Podcasts and Spotify can view all of our past shows. And feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one meeting, we can always do a Zoom meeting, phone call, or if you'd like to come into one of our two offices. So our discussion today is going to be about annuities. Are they good or are they bad? And there's several different types of annuities that are out there. There's also several misconceptions about annuities. Annuities are complicated. They're more complicated than the average investment. And hence, with that comes some misconceptions and also uh, certain representatives out in the community that don't tend to do a good job when either representing them or talking about them. But before we get into this topic about annuities, I want to introduce you to my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I've had a really uh, a good one, you know, the holiday season, got together with family and always love that. Uh, took a few days off, so that was fun. But but yeah, I'm glad you brought up this topic today because boy, are there a lot of misconceptions out there, and I know because I had a lot of them. Um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, annuities are great, and not all annuities are. And a lot of people think annuities are horrible. You should never uh, utilize an annuity, even though they <laughs> they take advantage of things like pensions and social security, which are basically annuities. So. Um, you know, I, I assume the truth lies somewhere in the middle and there's some good, some bad. And as an independent person, uh, I'm glad you're here to help us sort it out because you look at the big picture. Uh, you're not, you know, you have some people that all they do, they're an insurance person and they sell annuities. You have people on the other end who are investors and they say, Oh, don't use annuities. Just put all your money in the market. So you're a financial services professional that looks at the big picture and really tailors it to each person's personal situation. So uh, I th- that's what I am excited about uh, because I want to hear about annuities from you uh, from an objective viewpoint and kind of the uh, bird's eye view and looking at the big picture. Now, uh, I, again, I've been great, but you have been awesome. You've been busy, but you also had a chance to spend some time with family, right?
1: I did. Had a nice Christmas and New Year's. It was really nice for those couple of days. Although I did work in between the Christmas and New Year's, but it was nice just to kick back a little bit sure. and uh, just relax, especially for um, you know New Year's Eve and Christmas, and then also for for uh, 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 New Year's. Oh, yeah, sure. I already said New Year's Eve. It's a uh, what did I just say there? Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day. Those are really a couple of nice days. we Sure. Had.
0: Yeah, I watched a lot of football. Some of it good, some of it bad. Uh, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Right? Are you, a, are you
1: a college football fan, Tony?
0: You know what? I I haven't been in the past, but the last few years I've been getting more into it. Uh, I have a friend who is uh, went to Ohio State, a guy I work with uh, a lot, and so I always see what they're up to. And uh, you know, of course, uh, it's interesting because Alabama seems to always be in it. So. Um, other than that, no, because I'm from Minnesota and we really didn't have a college football team, unless you actually count the Gophers and, uh, but they've actually gotten better too. So they've gotten
1: better over uh, the last couple of years. They
0: actually have, have actually, uh, you know, made a showing over the last, I'd say five, 10 years have improved dramatically. So yeah, they got um, a good coach. Yeah. We have a great coach now. So, so, uh, yeah, maybe I can get back on the Gophers bandwagon. I don't know. How about you? Do you watch college football?
1: I just watch it a little bit. I have my brother who's really big into college football. In fact, that's his that's one of his major hobbies. He likes to travel to see Wisconsin Badger games. Oh wow. Uh, okay, he, he, he lives in Texas. He flies up to Madison oh, my goodness. to see them play. He goes, you know, sees a couple of games a year. He's really into basketball too. He's oh, uh, the Wisconsin Badgers, he's just a big fan. And then also my dad went to Iowa. So he's a bit oh of an boy. Iowa Hawkeyes, Hawkeyes fan. Sure. And uh, <laughs> my my deceased mother went to Northwestern. So, you know, we had all of this within the family. Uh, you know, some were more Badger fans. And I was sure. one that I just didn't get into it that much. I enjoyed yeah, watching it. But I just, I, I don't have a passion either way. I just no, I don't mind either. watching it. It just seems, I don't know. I do have a problem. And this is my, my uh, dilemma with college athletics. Is it's all money that doesn't seem to trickle into tuition. Um, That's there's a, true. tons yep. of money. In fact, the highest paid uh, public servant in each state is typically either the head football coach of the, the biggest university, university yep. or the yep. basketball coach yep. of one of the biggest uh, universities. And to me, I, I don't know. I just have a problem with that.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, teachers, inj- to the teachers, or trying to educate people should be paid more, uh, in a lot of cases, uh, or it should be more, uh, equal. So, uh, yeah, I, I have a problem with that too. And college sports is, you know, struggled with a lot of that, uh, that issue and to get around that it's, it's tough, but you know what, uh, speaking of problematic, uh, annuities can be difficult and problematic for some people. Uh, And a lot of that has to do with uh, lack of uh, maybe understanding or being misled, being misled. So uh, let's get started and let's lay out uh, some misconceptions. What's the first misconception out there or the probably one of the more prominent ones about annuities? Where do you want to start?
1: Well, if there's, there's the question about compensation. This is the first thing that concerns individuals is that, you know, typically a person who does represent an annuity is going to be compensated differently than their other investments, which may be the case and may not be the case. You know, if you're typically working with a broker in the investment world, there's typically an upfront commission that the broker is going to make, whether they're representing investments or they're representing the annuities and so you're
0: not talking about how the individual gets their money out of an annuity or gets paid by correct. an annuity but you're but talking also, about how the person either selling you or or get, uh, getting you into the annuity how they're compensated
1: that's correct and you know so there's several ways in which a representative is compensated and because of the fear that you know this person who's representing this annuity is more focused on themselves and not their clients. And therefore, how can this annuity be good? Um, This is a common misconception that's made. And typically over time, the person who represents an annuity versus that same person who also recommends investments is going to be paid pretty much the same over its lifetime. And in some instances, the person who represents investments are making more off of their client than the annuity is. So I'll give you an example. Typically an investment advisor gets paid about a 1% asset under management fee versus if you sell an annuity, there might be a five to upwards of seven and a half percent commission upfront that some ad- uh, brokers or advisors get paid for recommending an annuity. But over time, that person who's making that 1% annual uh, management fee might end up paying, uh, getting, receiving a lot more from that uh, investment as opposed to the annuities. But also there's plenty of investment advisors, including myself, that will take a 1% annual fee from that annuity. So therefore taking away some of the disincentives or some of the concerns that people have that that person's being compensated more for recommending that annuity. So there's a there's a clear line of difference but also in the investment world there is plenty of those situations that don't get pointed out. That's the first misconception that many people I hear have about annuities is that oh you're going to get paid more by recommending that as opposed to your other investments.
0: Right. And so you have to be careful and that's what I uh, enjoy about you and a trusted financial services professional will be upfront and transparent. About the way they are compensated, and so uh, I know you know, like you're saying, there's fee based and commission based, uh, and I've heard a lot of folks. Uh, there are annuities you can get into where the money you put in, um, you you're not paying a commission to uh, the financial professional out of the money you put into the annuity uh, that the insurance company pays them for the the commission or their fee for. Uh, getting you set up in the annuity, but that doesn't come out of your pocket. Yes, that's
1: the other part of this is that there's the fear that, hey, that's going to reduce my money up front. Whereas in annuity, they don't do that. In the investment world, when the broker takes a fee up front, that does reduce the actual uh, investment that you put into it. So, you know, there's these misconceptions here. Yes, they fear a, a conflict of interest, whereas the person's getting paid more for the annuity. And also that second part that you just brought up is that, you know, the person's going to start off in a deficit because that commission is going to take away from their account balance, which does not work in the in, the annuity world.
0: Right. There you go. So uh, that is a misconception on how they're compensated. Now, what's another big one with annuities?
1: Well, I've, I've heard this in that if the person who owns the annuity account dies, that there's nothing left for anybody in the account. And they could cite, well, back you know in the day where my father was receiving an annuity, he passed away and there was nothing left for my mom. And I've always heard since then, stay away from annuities because you, there's no money that's left over for other individuals. And that's, that's clearly not the case, especially with what we call deferred annuities. You know, deferred annuities are like a regular investment account, Tony. You can use it for income. You can just hold on to it like a regular account. Uh, you have to live within the rules that the annuity company has set forth right from the beginning, so you don't get any additional fees. And that's something that needs to be clearly explained to people. But people fear that, boy, if something happens to me, that money's not going to be there for my loved ones. And under the vast majority of annuities that I've seen and represent, that is not the case. Also, when choosing to take, and this is where a lot of people get confused about annuities, lifetime income, If you, what we call, annuitize the contract, literally turn it into a pension, which a lot of people used to do, few people do today. If you don't have set forth a survivor benefit option, which is always up to the individual to choose, then if that person passes away, there's nothing left for the surviving spouse or the children. But if you do it right, and this is the way I always do this, if we're going to choose a lifetime income for the individual say, to say they were looking for a good income stream off their money. Well, one of the best ways to do that is through an annuity. It's one of the reasons to own an annuity is you want to make sure that that spouse is protected. And I always put this into these contracts is that the spouse will continue to receive that money if something happens to the account owner into this plan. So that's one of the biggest misconceptions that I hear out there, Tony.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that that's a big one. That is a big one. People really don't understand. But, uh, you know, they've made, I think, uh, one of the problems and reasons there are misconceptions is that there are so many different types of annuities and they've changed so much and actually improved a lot of the annuities and types of annuities uh, for retirees to use as retirement vehicles that, you know, maybe they had an uncle or a grandpa who said, oh, don't ever get an annuity because they had one. Um, that was completely different. They had a completely different situation. And so it didn't work for them. Somebody, you know, got them into it when
1: they shouldn't have, right? Absolutely, Tony. That's very good. And then another misconception that individuals have is, I can't touch this annuity till after the surrender charge period. Right. Liquidity. The liquidity is the biggest thing that they come up with. So if somebody is is sold an annuity that has a 10-year surrender charge, which a lot of annuities today have 10 years on a surrender charge, they're thinking in their head, I can't touch this money for 10 years. And that's absolutely not the case. Typically, most annuities will allow you to withdraw up to 10% per year after the first year of whatever the account balance is through that 10-year span. And then after that, you can pull out what you want, when you want, just like any other type of an investment account. And some will allow you to pull out money right from the start.
0: Yeah, isn't it? I know a lot of annuities that I've seen uh, say you can pull out up to 10% a year without a penalty or surrender charge. Is that true?
1: That's true. And then there are some contracts out there that if you don't touch the money one year, the next year you can pull out 20%.
0: Oh, wow. And, and, and again, this all varies from annuity to new annuity. Absolutely. So you need to work with somebody who's really got your best interest in mind and is looking at the big picture because it really isn't a, some of them like a fixed index annuity uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of upsides to a fixed index annuity that have really helped a lot of people with retirement uh, who right. don't have a pension but want to create one. Uh, so they have a fixed index annuity, and so, right. uh, and they get something called uh, there are lifetime guarantees. Uh, and um, I that's a big one. I know you know a lot of people are concerned. Hey, if I put my money into annuity, I've heard this one. Um, I can't. I can't ever get it back out, or I'm not going to get all of my money back out ever. Yeah, no, that's absolutely die, not the if case. If I die, if I die, then I lose whatever money is
1: still in the annuity. That's right, and that's that is a total misconception on that. And another thing is that you know this is the other uh, misconception that people have is that well, with an annuity, I pay a lot more in fees and. I'm going to get more out of my money in another account that has lower fees than an annuity, which has higher fees. Which, when you look at it from that pure perspective, absolutely, there's more fees within an annuity. But that's because there's certain provisions put in place to protect the annuity investor versus other investments that don't have that type of protection. So a portion of your what they call premium, which is your investment, goes into a reserve fund. That reserve fund is going to be used for a couple of things, including what you just mentioned, lifetime income. So that is, if the investor starts making a fixed withdrawal of their account each year as to a certain percentage, the company will guarantee it for as long as that person lives. If they end up outliving their money because they would draw out more than the interest gains that were accruing in their account, because they chose that lifetime income option, the annuity company is guaranteed to pay that money out for the life of that investor or up to a fixed maturity date, such as age 95. And where that company gets that money is through the fee that they pay that goes into that reserve fund. That's what they use to pay out the additional lifetime income when there's no money left. Also, that reserve money could be used for a death benefit. So let's say this person is looking for growth can't qualify for life insurance, has no intent on using this money. This is going to be purely a legacy account. Well, annuities will do something that no other company will do is guarantee a rate of return way higher than what you get in the traditional banking world. And it's fixed up to, and it could be guaranteed all the way up to say age 85. Some contracts might do it indefinitely where they'll pay out a much higher rate, like 4%, 5%. Something along those lines, those are available in the annuity world that you can't get anywhere else. Um, But all that comes with a fee. The annuity company, the mutual fund company, they're all dealing with the same dollars. Annuities have more guarantees that are put into place. So the annuity company has to put money into reserves. The mutual fund company doesn't do that. Mutual fund company is charging a management fee based on the objectives of the fund. And that's it. So you don't but have a lot of risk. Typically. Exactly. Because the individual is taking on that risk, whereas the annuity company is taking on the risk for that person.
0: At least in the case of certain annuities, like fixed index annuities. Yeah,
1: fixed index annuities, you get a lot of protection. Um, Fixed annuities, we use them. They're not as attractive today because interest rates are very low. So the annuity company typically will give you a little higher rate than what you get at the banks, but not that much. Then there are variable annuities of which you are assuming some risk. But the annuity company is also offering you certain guarantees, such as lifetime income. And the income for every year you delaying using it grows at a fixed rate that is typically way higher than what you get at the banks. Uh, Also could be used as a death benefit guarantee. But if you walk away from that uh, variable annuity, you could walk away with way less than what you put into it if the market does poorly and your investments do poorly as a result. Whereas the fixed index annuity, as you talked about that, it's kind of an in-between between a fixed rate. And a variable in that you're able to participate in the market where you're going to get a portion of the gains. You don't get all of the gains, but you don't suffer losses like a variable annuity can suffer. And it also has those same guarantees of lifetime income, a death benefit. Those have been the most often sold types of annuities out there. And by and large, as long as you're working with a good company in that respect, it's a good plan and people generally, generally are satisfied with it. But just like any investment, Tony, with stocks, bonds, or annuities, there's there's good annuity companies, there's bad annuity companies, there's good types of contracts they put together. And then again, those same good companies sometimes will put a, together bad ones. It's a mixed bag and it's really incumbent upon that representative with whom you work with to choose the right one for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing right there. and. And you know this is important because you really want to make sure uh, you're doing what's the best thing possible based on where you're at and where you want to go uh, with your investments, especially as it relates to retirement income and funding your retirement. And there are so many different things. You know, there's traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs. There's you have to take into account Social Security. Maybe you do have a pension. Uh, Maybe you don't and you want an annuity or need an annuity based on where you're at. So uh, I, I find it interesting and there are pros and cons. I mean, certain annuities aren't right for certain people, right?
1: That's right. So it's not an all, everybody should have an annuity. There's plenty of people who I do not recommend it at all. It's going to be dependent upon your situation, your your risk tolerance, your income needs, your attitudes about taking risk, um, your time horizon before you need the money. And there are plenty of people who do need or should have an annuity. And one thing that people have to understand, annuity is a hedge against what could go wrong. If we knew the future, If we knew exactly how things were going to work out, there'd be no need for annuities because we could navigate through a stock market knowing precisely what's going to happen. We can make a lot of money doing that, which would be great, but we don't have that crystal ball. And annuities are a way in which to do better than what you're going to get at the bank. Make sure that money lasts for you, Um, but you are going to give up some potential for gains. You're not Hmm. going to do as high if the market does really well over time you know, because the economy is good and corporate profits are up. You're you're just not going to do as well in an annuity compared to your traditional stocks. But we know there's going to be those downturns. in fact, we know there's going to be periods of time where the stock market moves down really hard. And the money you have in that annuity can be a really good place for that, knowing that it's not going to lose money. It's the money that you know is going to be around. And especially when you're in the distribution phase of your life, Having something like that is much more meaningful than, say, if you're in your 30s or 40s and you have a couple of decades to go before you use that money. Well, that person will probably be better served having their money into the stock market uh, completely almost. Um, Whereas somebody in retirement, we kind of want to, although in some situations we don't, we tend to want to reduce our risk as we get older. And our risk tolerance will show that.
0: Yeah. 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 And that, that's true. And everybody's situation is different. There's your different time horizons and really uh, different people have different means of income in retirement and different amounts saved. So uh, it's very unique to each individual. And that's why working with an independent financial services professional like yourself, who's looking out for your client's best interests, it is, is so important. So uh, I think it's been a great discussion. Is there anything else
1: you want to add? Oh, Just for callers in Wisconsin, if you'd like to get a hold of us, if you have questions about what we talked about or wish to set up a, a meeting or a Zoom call, our number in uh, Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva number is 262-729-4128. In Illinois, our number is 815-331-8096. Feel free to call us with any questions. We're here to help.
0: All right, sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Kramer Financial Talk with our host, Jim Kramer. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at kramerfinancialtalk.com.